Hey friends, welcome to today's show. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my friends, Tatiana. She is a numbers expert with over 15 years of experience helping entrepreneurs and business owners become the boss of their bottom line. So many people dream about being their own boss, but hold themselves back because they're terrified of dealing with money and numbers and taxes. And Tatiana helps those dreamers get to know their numbers, get taxes under control and reduce money anxiety. She's now committed to sharing her expertise with a broad audience to empower those with overwhelm by running a business so that they can make money doing what they love. Today, friends, I am digging in and asking Tatiana all your tax questions for your business. We're going to break it all down for you so that you can get ready to take on tax season like a boss. So without further ado, join me for my conversation with Tatiana. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, Tatiana. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, so good to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for you to talk about, it's so funny, a topic that it's, I would say it's not near and dear to my heart, but I'm very passionate about it coming from the my background in financial planning. I know that what you do is so important um, and every business owner needs to have it. And I f- feel like just like you do have your ducks in a row right up front about this. So why don't you introduce yourself first? Um, let everyone know kind of what you do and tell us about your kids and how you became an entrepreneur and a mom. So um, I have been kind of doing this um, accounting, bookkeeping, tax stuff for about 15 years, but I wasn't always doing what I do today. Um, so I started out as a bookkeeper learned a lot about bookkeeping a small business, worked with many small businesses at the same time and, um, you know, saw their different management styles. So there are different approaches to problem solving and decision making. Then, you know, I got my accounting degree and I went into the tax firm so that I can get my license and also some experience in tax. 
And then, you know, two years, two and a half years into it, I got pregnant. And because tax season was very demanding um, on your kind of your brain and your body, um, it was super stressful. Uh, I decided, mm -hmm. you know what, I've had enough and I don't want to put my, my daughter in, you know, through the stress of tax season and I quit. And I basically just went back to uh, managing my own kind of small clients. I still kept one or two of those. So I just kept getting more and more, you know, it's a, it was a hundred percent referral and it started slow, but um, you know, once I had my daughter, I had this ability to work in the evenings and, and weekends sometimes um, so that I could spend the, the day with her. Um, so that, that's kind of how I started my business. But, you know, even while I was working for, for the firm, I knew that I was, will always be want to be on my own. And so that just kind of sped up mm -hmm. the process and, and forced me sort of to go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Isn't it so funny how we always think like, oh, it'll come, but sometimes it's the push out of the nest that we really truly need before yeah. we can actually do it. Um, so why don't you tell us like what it is that you do for clients now um, and why having someone that's going to take care of all of our books and all of our numbers is so important to our businesses? Um, so the financial side of a business is probably the most important side. It's the foundation of a business. And when you build a house or or a building, you know, you have to have a solid foundation. That's what the financial side of things, the money, the numbers, the taxes that's what it provides. It can make or break your business. And um, it's important because, you know, you, you, you hear about bankruptcies, you hear, hear about all these financial failures, and they often come as a result of not paying attention and kind of burying you, your head in the sand um, and not, you know, not doing, not handling those matters because it's not your second nature. But I believe that if you do face your numbers early, you can actually get them under control. You can actually skip the anxiety and, and actually make your business a success. Even if it's a small business, it's still, it's important to, mm -hmm. to pay attention to the numbers, not just because you have to file your taxes at the end of the year, but also because that will allow you to make decisions. And I'll give you an example. I had a client who incorporated a budget, which which is good. And, and it's just setting kind of goals for how you're going to spend the money that you bring in. And two, two months into the comparative analysis, he noticed that his shipping, the, his UPS charges were much higher than their budgeted amount. So two years in uh, two months into this, you know, to this budgeting stuff, he realized, well, he found out, he started digging and he found out that the UPS has raised their rates and they changed how they calculate their package prices. So if it wasn't for, for that, he could have waited a year to find that out and be wasting, losing money all that time. So that's why having all of that under control can actually save your business and actually transform and, and help you scale that business. But even from a tax perspective, um, I actually now work a lot in tax planning, which means that I'm helping clients lower their taxes proactively using legal tax court approved strategies and the key to being an effective tax reducer as a business owner is to actually do it throughout the year as opposed to when the year is over and there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And this is where I always love how we're kind of like going into this. And I know I wanted you to touch on because so often as a sales strategist, when I'm working with people and we're talking about sales goals and I'm like, well, how much did you make this month? I don't know. How much did you spend this month? I don't know. Do we know anything about our numbers? We're just like putting what you love out into the world. And especially as creative people, that's all they like don't want to know the numbers. They just want to be in their happy, creative, like especially as moms, you just want to build the business that you love. And so many people don't love the numbers. Like I personally don't love the numbers, but I know how important it is and like having that planning coming. Um, so I would love for you to kind of touch on some of that and like as creatives, because so often when I've worked with creatives, they're like, well, it's not pr- <laughs> They go, a spreadsheet's not pretty. And I was like, then make it, then put some color in it. Like, you know, like, I don't, what, what's going to make it pretty? But the thing is, is that we don't realize that if we don't track our numbers and the taxes, that we can't reach our goal, our, the sales goals, or to like, then expand our business, which is really what creatives want. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super critical. And honestly, creatives and moms probably make up 99% of my clients because, they're the ones who struggle with numbers the most and they are the ones who need um, help or need to learn that the numbers the most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with, with creatives, I mean, creatives and moms are sometimes um, different in terms of how they deal with numbers, but I think the, just the key, and it's been my mantra for, for, for many months now and, and probably years that you have to kind of, when it comes to numbers, don't fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and face, face your numbers and just make that little mind mindset shift that you need to learn it because that can actually set you free because people go into business because they want to be free. They want to be flexible. They want to make money doing what they love, but not knowing their numbers actually prevents that from happening. And they end up chasing, um, you know, a new project every, every week or every month or whatever it may be. And it's just, uh, always um, kind of becomes this this game of catch up and um, it's, it's, you actually don't get that freedom and that peace um, and do what you love and make money doing that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like this is, I say the exact same things, but in a different way when it comes to sales, because it is like, it's so true. And, and for me on a sales aspect, like I always talk to people because we put a lot of our mo- emotion into like the money that we're bringing in or the sales numbers. And I help people. I'm like, no, we got to separate the emotion. Like it's numbers is numbers. Like math is math. Like there's no emotion to math Yeah. that like whatever comes out that if you want your goal to be making 10,000 this month, like we have a way to get there, but it's a math. It's just, it's all a math and numbers game. So um, I love that you touched on that because I think that that's one piece that so often creatives or moms put all this emotion into the numbers and the math behind actually tracking the numbers because they don't they don't want to feel bad if they didn't hit the goal or feel bad that they're like well crap we just lost a whole bunch this month because of expenses or whatever you know it's it's interesting i have a client who was a poetry major i mean as far from numbers as you can be um and he's been in business for many years for over 20 years and i mean in the past 10 his business really skyrocketed. And the reason that it skyrocketed was because he like before he would cringe before an accountant meeting and like be worried about it. But then, you know, he started working with an advisor like me who 
helped him understand this one simple truth. And the simple truth is that, first of all, it's just numbers. And second of all, you should never be scared of them, even if they don't meet your expectations. And the reason is that when that happens, if you have your, let's say, sales goals that you don't hit, um, if that happens, what do you do? You, first of all, find out why this happened. And second, prevent this from happening again. And maybe adjust the sales goals because they were too optimistic or too unrealistic. So mm-hmm. after that, for the past 10 years, his, he's really become the, the best CEO I've ever worked with. Um, and I've helped him take it to the next level with the budgeting and the tools that I developed. But if he could learn the numbers, then anyone can learn the numbers. <laughs> Yes, like in poetry, you're deep in the creative in words and it's so opposite. And I loved how you touched on like to not be afraid because I think that that's a lot of people are like, well, gosh, I don't want to go to accountant because I'm going to show up with my shoebox of receipts and be like, I don't really know here it all is like, and and, and people think like, oh, you're going to judge me. But I know that that is probably not at all what you think you're probably more like, well, Thank you for at least keeping the receipts, like you know, or like in the shoebox instead of then having to search all over your house and your purse. And I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, keeping receipts and separating your business and personal money flow are probably two of the most, two of the best audit proof, uh, audit proofing techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, but keeping track of the expenses and income of money coming in every, you know, every month um, is critical because that's what you use to, to understand, well, is your business making money? If you have several revenue streams, if you are selling, I don't know, um, knitted hats, or um, if you're uh, running a podcast and you're selling ad space or whatever it may be, those are two different revenue streams. But wouldn't you want to know which one brings you more money and which one kind of has a better profit? Of course you would. And the only way to do that is not to wait until March of the following year, but to actually do it every month. Yeah. Uh, And this is a great segue into just talking about like, what are some key things that we can be doing every month as business owners or when you're just starting up? What are a few things that you would say, okay, if you, if I could like just get one thing because I know a lot of times it's like if we could just get these one few things through to somebody that's going to help set them up for success that they need to be doing every month, what would you say that those are? I think developing your own um, bookkeeping routine will probably be number one because that kind of includes all of the other stuff. And the reason is, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a... um, kind of a, an analogy. Um, so I was writing my book in the past. Um, so like last September through last December, January, I wrote, I finished my first draft and, um, you know, I attended the workshop by this phenomenal woman. Um, she's the publishing strategist and she works with Mike Michalowicz. I don't know if you know who he is, but he wrote profit first, which is a phenomenal book. Um, and so during her workshop, once you've developed your outline for the book, you actually would attend these writing sprints at 6 a.m. And then there's another one at 10 a.m. or whatever. And you you write for 20 minutes, then you break for five minutes, chit chat, whatever. And then you write for another 20 minutes. So I wrote my entire book just by having the writing practice every morning. By 7 a.m. I was done, you know, gathered my kids for, to school, warmed up the lunch, 
everything and <laughs> the whole shebang. And <laughs> that alone was transformational for me. And similarly, if you just devote half an hour every week, or depending on your volume, maybe an hour a month to doing your record keeping, to taking, you know, taking your income, recording it in, in a spreadsheet or whatever, your expenses by category, that alone will transform your business because you will see, oh, okay, you know what? I'm not making money on this thing. You know what? I'm not going to offer it anymore. But if you wait a whole year to, to find that out, then you've just wasted a year of your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would love to let's touch back because I think one key thing that you said in there that I don't want people to miss is creating like the routine that works for you. Just because someone else uses QuickBooks or uses some other fancy software that is used online, or if you just have a spreadsheet and you log it into a spreadsheet, like it legit does not matter. Like, hear me again, you don't have to use the expensive online things like to start with as long as it's a spreadsheet and you're doing it. That's the key, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and I love how then you also said that just creating that routine is how you so quickly finished your book, like and to get up and write that early and then have the kids like that's amazing. And by lunch to be like, whoa, I already got the writing done for the day. Exactly. So good. Have you always been dreaming about creating an event for your business? But of course, in the season we're in, in person just still isn't really an option. Well, I am so excited because online events are my jam and I have come up with a way that you can create your perfect online event as well. Don't feel like you have to create something that is huge and flashy like we are seeing some of the big names in businesses do. You can create micro events that are perfect for your audience. I can help you figure out how to tailor your event to your audience and whether it be live or pre-recorded, I know that there is a perfect online event for you that is going to impact your business and to help your customers or your followers feel more connected to you. An event is a great way to let your people get a better inside look onto you and your heart and your business. So whether it be a micro summit, an online conference, an educational event, or whatever you can dream up, girl, I am so excited to help you plan it. Head to michellehagan.com for more info or send me a DM on Instagram at Michelle and Hagen and say, Michelle, how can I plan my event with you? And I look forward to hearing from you. So what else as entrepreneurs? So we're keeping, so once we get us like kind of keeping track and people are making a spreadsheet when it comes to like doing the taxes, because I know that's another huge daunting thing that people so often get to the end of the year and they're like, well, I have no clue how much I'm going to owe for taxes as um, entrepreneurs. And I know you talked about that. Sometimes if you can do it throughout the year, it's better or sometimes waiting to the end of the year, but as long as you have everything in a row, it's better. But how do we know, like, am I a business that I should be paying taxes throughout the year? Should I wait and pay taxes towards the end of the year? So I think that it, the approach will be a little different just based on your 
revenue, kind of if you're making 20 grand, then I would kind of keep the records, but like not really pay during the year because, you know, with, with a lower revenue, um, typically you get different like tax breaks and credits and things like that. Now, once you're crossing like 50 grand, um, then you should really get some, some advice, maybe do a quarterly at least. But here's the thing. If there is this, you know, phenomenal cash management system, profit first, and in profit first, Mike says, basically, you're supposed to do 15% of your gross revenue into a tax mm-hmm. account and never touch it. And it makes sense because, yes, your taxes may be in general, you know, your bracket can be 30, 25% or whatever it may be. But you're taking 15% of gross, which means that you just take 15% of whatever you get, put it in a separate account and forget about it. Then you'll always have enough money to actually pay your taxes. But... um there are a couple of keys to the tax, I guess, saving um, and kind of not getting into trouble um, with the IRS and, you know, getting all these kinds of penalties. Number one is the entity choice. That's something that gets often overlooked um, and not kind of due attention isn't paid to it. And that's probably the most impactful entity, uh, the, the most impactful item on, on the, on the agenda kind of for tax purposes. Because, you know, a lot of attorneys and a lot of just um, people always say, oh, you should get an LLC. But from a tax perspective, LLCs are the worst because you pay the Mm -hmm. most amount of tax. Now, that doesn't matter as much um, kind of if you're making under 50 grand because there are like they're not as much of a benefit to converting an LLC to something else. And that's the beauty of an LLC. You can convert it to something else. But, um, you know, once you cross over 50 grand, start making more, that's probably when you should have that decision, that entity decision reevaluated. And that should be done during the year as opposed to once the year is over, because it's much harder to convert something uh, retroactively once the year is over. Um, and then also from, from a tax perspective, like I said, uh, the audit proofing technique is to... Um, separate your business and personal finances. That's the number one thing that many people miss, especially when they're just, you know, selling a couple of things mm-hmm. in Etsy or whatever. Until it blows up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shoot, I'm selling a lot right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so that like, even if you're just operating under your own personal name, get a second mm-hmm. bank account and put only business stuff through that account. That will save you a ton of time at tax um, at the year at year end and tax time, and also um, you'll kind of know mm-hmm. how much you're making. Uh, I mean, yes, everybody sort of knows, sort of ballpark, whatever. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, you know, just take fifteen percent of gross and use it as your kind of um, rule of thumb for for taxes. Now, business owners, if you're just self employed, if you don't have an S corp or or C corp or whatever. Um, typically you would have to pay quarterlies. Now, like I said, depending on your income, you may kind of not pay them. You know, if you're making 20, 30 grand, you can just pay a very small penalty at the end of the year and make the payment, especially if the cash is tight. Um, now if you're making more, if you're making over 50, go ahead and, um, make something during the year so that you're not stuck with this huge bill in April and you have Mm -hmm. two weeks to get the money. That's that's like the worst case yeah. scenario. 
Okay, so I have a couple of, que- well, actually more than a couple of questions after you're talking about all of that. So I'm thinking about the listeners and as they're listening and you had said, having an LLC can cause you to sometimes have more tax things. But a lot of times in business, one of the first things we hear is to get yourself an LLC like out of the gate. So how do we know in a tax purpose? Cause a lot of people think, well, if I have an LLC and I like have some massive screw up in my business, that's going to protect me legally and aren't really thinking about the tax purposes. But then I also know that there are things like tax ID numbers where you can just apply for, and I know there's an abbreviation and I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's like a business tax ID number that then you do business under. Can you tell us the difference of those and how when you're starting a business, should you get the LLC out of the gate or do you just do the tax like a tax ID? So what you're talking about in terms of the tax ID is the DBA, the doing business as designation. That provides no legal protection (laughs) whatsoever. Um, It just gives you the ability to get a tax ID, get a business bank account, and so on. However, I mean, if you're just operating under your own personal name, you can get a tax ID without having a DBA, but still you don't get um, the liability protection. And here's the thing. Here's the misconception or whatever misbelief that people have. And I've just had a conversation about this with with a really cool attorney um, who has like the different legal um, templates that he sells and stuff. So he says, and I know this also from my experience, that people think that an LLC will protect them from everything. And the truth of the matter is that actually it sort of like depends. And the reason that it depends is because um, let's say you and another person are in this LLC together. And one of you, let's say your partner does something illegal or fraudulent or does something or negligent or whatever. And that causes harm to somebody else, physical or financial harm or whatever. Um, that person, if they are considered to have done this on purpose, most likely will have unlimited liability. So the victim would be able to sue them personally for what they did personally. Now you as the partner will be protected um, and uh, kind of the assets of the entity will only be sort of um, subject to the lawsuit. But if you, if a person, even an owner of a corporation or an LLC, if that person does something deliberately that breaks the law and it causes harm to someone, there's unlimited liability. So the LLC or the corp mm-hmm. will not protect you. And that's something that a lot of people kind of don't realize. Um, so it does protect you if there is something that's beyond your control, that your employee does something um, that that is absolutely good to have an LLC or a corporation. Either of those will provide you a limited liability legally. Um, from a tax perspective, though, and that's the reason a lot of people think that, oh, LLC is the answer to everything. But I actually believe that business is personal. Um, and the reason is that entity choice depends on not only what you want today, but also what you want for this business in the long term, because there are options to set up an entity that will save you two, two three million dollars in tax mm. in five years. But in order to get that protection, you have to understand what the cons of that um, entity choice is, are and also kind of know that, OK, in five years, I want to sell mm. this business. 
So all of those choices go into this one choice of entity today and you're supposed to kind of know what you're doing and and it's okay if like today you got an LLC and then in in 2 years you realized you know what I should have had a a different entity and that's okay it's totally fine you can always change that and that's the beauty of it but I think the LLCs are sort of favorite because um it's easy to convert them to something else for tax purposes so it gives you the protection right away um but some states for example like California has an LLC fee of mm-hmm. $800 and it does not have that for a corporation. So all of those things you as an individual as a business owner you won't know. Um so that's where tax planner comes comes in handy but um I just want to say that and the point that I want to make and, and kind of bring across is when you're choosing the right entity put do some research put put a you know thoughts and like enough thought into it like um pay attention to it and and really think uh, think sort of in the future like what are you looking to do where are you looking to get um and I, like i personally like i've developed for my book a entity selection selection uh matrix so that you can actually make some basic choices and figure out what's the best entity for you but also know like okay so each entity comes with pros and cons mm-hmm. there's no question about it so uh when you make once you make a choice you at least you know what mm-hmm. to expect yeah that's so good because so often So many of us are just like, oh, well, LLC is like what all my other business friends said to get, so that's what we're going to get instead of really looking into what is best for your business and where your business is possibly going. Um cuz like you said, I know especially with the online world and so much more of online education is becoming so popular that so often people have so many different streams of their business that that could also be the differences um in ways that things are taxed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, do you have any other advice that in the tax world of coming up on okay, cuz when this episode airs, it's going to be towards the end of the year and tax season is going to be on people's minds or it should at least be because I know before we, you know, what before we hopped on, I was telling you about how I have so many friends where like the end of january comes i get my 1099s and my husband gets a w2 and like we literally have our refund by february and everyone's like i don't understand how you and it's like because i just did it all up front i just go in and put it all in and it's all done so um and i know that you would say we're saying how important it is for people just to like be planned up front so that you're not waiting until last minute yeah so a couple of things that you could do um as you kind of as the year is coming to a close is well first of all if you have an LLC um see if you can consult with a tax planner who can see if you're making let's say net of net income of um 40,000 or 50,000 or more that you maybe it makes sense to convert it retroactively it's much easier to make an argument with the IRS there is like some late late relief late filing relief and stuff um if you do that in like november december as opposed to march mm-hmm. so that you can save some taxes just by converting an entity retroactively for that year for this year um and save some significant amount of tax but there are a couple of things that will need to be to be done and and pretty common structure is having an llc convert to an s corp s corporation and for that the s corporations there is 
kind of the only con of an S corp is that you have to have officer payroll. So if you as an owner should have a payroll for yourself. Mm. Now, in, if you're in November or December, it's easy enough to set that payroll up and run, um, run the paper payroll, pay taxes and, and move on. And then you're done. Uh, or pay some taxes partially so that you don't have that huge chunk in April. But if you're already in April, it's too late to do any of that. Mm -hmm. The forms have been filed. The payroll reports have been filed. Everything has been filed. You can't go back and file late reports. You'll get penalized. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make any sense. So that's number one, kind of reviewing your entity status structure or whatever. Looking to see if you can get some summaries together, uh, meaning your income, your business expenses. If you do it early, first of all, you save yourself a huge headache um, in March, but then, you know, if you know, for example, in November that you've made uh, 50 grand and you will owe, let's say 10, um, you have five months to come up with mm -hmm. the money. You can put away two grand a month and that's it. By April, you have the 10,000 that you owe. If you're in April and you find out that you owe 10,000 and you have a week or a few days to come up with the money, that's a completely different story. Mm -hmm. So that's number two. And, um, I guess making sure that um, all of your like receipts, I don't, when I tell my clients to keep receipts, paper receipts, because everything now goes through credit cards and debit cards and so on. I tell them to keep receipts only for like not even sort them because everything can be done electronically. Now it's so much easier to just go by the statement or, uh, you know, if you're using QuickBooks, just download the transactions and go and, boom, boom, boom. It's all down. It's all categorized for the receipts. You need to keep them, but I typically advise clients to keep them in like a folder, for example, for that year. So for 2020, you'll have a folder for receipts, sort of like a shoebox, um, <laughs> a shoebox of receipts. And then for 2020, then another, another shoebox for 2021. And then if you ever get audited, you go back, you sort those receipts and you're done. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm completely virtual, so um, I don't keep paper receipts, but I scan them and I have them all in a folder for, let's say, 2019, 2020, 2021. And if I ever get audited, I go in, I sort them out, I print them out, and that's it. I have all my substantiation and it's easy. And I don't have to spend, you know, hours and, and hours every month um, trying to sort them and may never get audited. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of the efficiency hack a little bit yeah. there. Yeah. And, or even there's so many apps like QuickBooks does it now where you can literally like, while you're there, take a picture of it and it uploads it for you. Like, I know I do a lot of my dad's tax of it in the year. And I was like, I don't understand why you just can't take a picture of this receipt <laughs> in there. Um, but yeah, it is like, this has been such great advice. Um, I would love to just touch a little bit on your book that's going to be coming out. And I know that you have such a huge passion for moms finding whatever they're wanting to create and to be able to build their business and um, still be a present mom. So I'd love for you to touch on that just a little bit and tell us about what your book is going to be um, and when it's coming out. Yeah, sure. So my book is called Dream Bold Start Smart. It's coming out in March. Um, and the book came as a result of working with clients for 15 years and seeing kind of getting new clients who had their either QuickBooks kind of 
all over the place, numbers all over the place, or their taxes not completely accurate or some issues or some problems. And also new clients reaching out and saying, well, we want to start a business. Like, do we need to, should we just file for a corporation? Like that's probably the most common question I've ever heard. Um, So I've noticed that the questions kind of were coming and the questions were about the same. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create something for moms and for creatives um, so that if they're actually, you know what, let me take them one by one. So for moms, it's, it's a, a slightly different story because as a mom, I know that when I was, you know, when my kids were little, I mean, I was living in the groundhog day and it was just, I mean, it was great because, you know, I chose to be a mom and to be with, with kids, but it was groundhog day every day. And my work, what I was doing was my escape from even if it was for an hour, even if it was for, you know, for 15 mm-hmm. minutes or for a phone call with a client, it was still my connection to the to the <laughs> <Yeah>. real world <laughs> and to keep my sanity and to keep my kind of um, just uh, to, to not be depressed. <laughs> but um, so like then I realized I met this mom who um, freelanced for, for a dance studio and I asked her like, what made you do it? Um, so she said something that really touched my heart and something that I could relate to. And she said, well, listen, so I only work there 10 hours a week and I, you know, I get to be creative. Um, I design, um, the stage when we have rehearsals or whatever performances and I do this and that. And you know what? It's something that's mine, Mm -hmm. something that nobody can take away from me. And I thought, you know what? If there is a mom out there who wants an escape from her groundhog day or needs something to feel that it's hers. I don't want the financial side of things to be the thing that would stop her from pursuing her dream. Mm-hmm. Um, or if the, and I have a lot of clients who are like that, who are creatives, uh, many of them work for somebody else to pay the bills, but secretly they're, they're dreaming about making money with their art. Mm-hmm. So the book is for both of those people who can actually, with my book, know exactly what to do, what type of entity to start, how to price their offer, how to create their package of service, um, whether or not to get a partner, um, and how to handle cash in plain English. So that's what the book is about. And the book kind of is, and who it's for. Mm. Um, And, um, you know, I've been passionate about this because I've noticed in the past couple of years, I've gotten to a point where I don't no longer work with businesses who are starting out um, because they can't often afford my services. Uh, but I wanted to create something that would make my expertise available to those who need it most. And that's how the book came about. Mm, I love that. And that is so great because it is, it's so true. You know, like how you were saying that you're now to a place, but to create a resource because a lot of times when we are starting out that people just already have a small budget. They just need like the few guidelines or like, here's your few like things. And if you can at least start these, we're going to get you on a good path to, to be starting out. So I love that so much. And especially having the groundhog day as a mom, I 100% could feel that like to my core and some days and I feel like everyone to their core, even if you never had kids with quarantine knows now like what a stay at home mom's life sometimes feels like because you just do the same things. Um, 
every day, especially in the winter when you live in Nebraska and it's really cold. Um, <laughs> but um, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. I know that this episode is packed full of so many good tidbits of knowledge. If people have questions or they want to reach out or they're realizing, wow, I really need to get my stuff together before <laughs> tax season comes, where can they reach you at? So you can, I have developed a free resource that you can download and serve as your guide, kind of the pros and cons of entities, you know, the couple of key things that you need to address. You can get that at my website. So it's talktotatiana.com. Um, and get it free. And if you want to reach out, just, you know, if you want to get on my book, um, early bird list, um, I'm going to be looking for advanced readers and, and people who, you know, or people who will buy it pre-ordered early will get special bonuses and stuff like that. Um, so if you want to get that, that's also on my website, it's easy to find and you can just sign up to follow me and you'll get updates from, from me on my programs and, and the book and so on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today and I can't wait for your book to launch. Ah, thanks so much, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Before you go, I just wanted to tell you guys about Tatiana's new book that is coming out, Dream Bold, Start Smart, which is going to be available next month in March. As well as her mini coaching program, Something That's Yours, Tatiana provides her audience with simple and actionable steps to own their numbers and to be confident in their business decisions. I have gotten a preview of this book before it hits the shelves or the Amazon internet waves, and you guys, it is amazing. This is the book that I wish someone would have handed me at the beginning when I started that broke down all of the things that I need to think about in my business and how to set my business up properly. So now as a business owner, I'm getting Tatiana's book and I'm backing myself up and making sure that through her words, I have everything set up the way that I need it to be. So go ahead and check out Tatiana's new book available next month. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling Podcast Community. It's free, so why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper and I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.